What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Atlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome to a Friday afternoon edition of America's favorite sports writers. That's branding, folks, and uh, the results are in, and uh, that's right. We're America's favorite. One, two, three. Um, I am here with Andrew Hammond out there in Tacoma. Andrew, good afternoon. How are you? How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. And Bob Silverman from the Daily Beast up there in the Northeast in New York City. Bob, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, man. Thanks for asking no problem. No problem. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to be back with you guys. Um, but no, as we were talking about before we got started recording, Jeff Passon's Elmo voice is one of my favorite things. And he was on Levitard. Like, Levitard somehow found out that he could do this, and they asked him to answer baseball questions in Elmo voice, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. He's got a like lot should... of money. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so a question. Yeah. Is it on par with Scott Van Pelt making Tim Kirchner crack up with uh, Baltimore accents? Yes. It's, I, I would say it's, okay. it might be better. I would say it might be better. Because wow, that's, it's so, that's good. It's so on point in listening to someone talk about Mike Trout's contract in an Elmo voice <laughs> is just unbelievable. Oh man, I didn't know Passon had that in him. Oh, you after we're done recording today, go just YouTube Jeff Passon Elmo and it's gonna be one of the <laughs> the, the Baltimore accent is its own wonderful, delicious bit of Americana too. It you can't really even do it. You gotta go Balmer. Yeah, get a big beef in Balmer. It's so close to Philly, but it's not Philly. Mm-hmm. The only Philly I can the only Philly I can do is saying Witter. And that's that's it. I don't like, I need a glass of water. <laughs> there you go. Like yeah, no, the Baltimore my favorite Baltimore accent is so there was one time real quick, there was a dude who was sitting there, he was typing up like, Baltimore accents, how they would sound. And like, you know, when you're booing somebody, he was like, Bee! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's and, a there's an E and a U in there for some reason, and possibly a, yeah, a double and, U. And every time I hear it, like I could be under like uh, I could be like under interrogation, and if I hear that, I'll just start busting out laughing. 
That's speaking incredible. of speaking of internet delight, there is a video I, I've seen it on Twitter of of a guy doing a Chicago accent while saying while talking about Elon Musk getting married to Grimes, <laughs> and it's it's also quite it's like yeah, did you hear Elon Musk married Grimes? <laughs> I don't do it justice, but it's like my Baltimore and my Chicago are a little too close, but it's also delightful. It's close enough to make me laugh. My parents don't know who Grimes is. I would love to like there. I would love to just tell them one day, um, just to mess with them. That I'm like maybe this Thanksgiving, if things are better and we're uh, there's a vaccine or something, and we can actually do a normal Thanksgiving. Who knows? Um, but if this was the case and everything Why was normal, not? I want to mess with uh, my parents and be like, "Hey, I'm bringing home this girl that I've been dating for a while. Her name's Grimes, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> her name is Grimes." <laughs> and just see what their reaction is. Yeah. <laughs> She was dating Elon before. Yeah. And uh, now she was like, you know what? The billionaire thing doesn't really work for me. I saw him smoke some weed on Joe Rogan, and that was enough. No, I was good. And uh, now it's time to switch things over to uh, some sports writers. That's what uh, that's what the Grimes of the world want. Uh, some sports writers in the Southeast, um, folks. People forget. People forget. Um, they do. We have to, like, this isn't on my list, but we have to, like, the, the Woj bomb broke. So Bob sent me the DM about it where I, I saw the Holly email <laughs> and I didn't put, I didn't know it was Woj <laughs> that was the one who actually responded to, the, like, just an unbelievable cell phone for Holly to post that anyway. Um, insane. And then leaving his email out there, just all kinds. There's just so many levels to this. That's just galaxy brain stupidity. But, um, Oh my god! I don't know what to say to this. Like, wh- can you get in trouble for this? Like, it wasn't like, what happens? And like Bob said, this is the coolest thing Woj has ever done. This is amazing. <laughs> it is. It might be the only cool thing he's ever done. Um, right. I, I have my. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, I don't know if he's had like some reporters have already run this up the food chain to ESPN Corporate and being like, <laughs> did you see what? Well, who said to it that, or he used the cuss word. Um, I kind of think there's going to be some statement along the lines of uh, <laughs> something like mealy mouthed, and you know, ESPN does not encourage use of profanity uh, in our reporters, and he speaks for himself, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what the hell is this like? Josh Holly has Josh Holly, the senator, the famous gentleman from Missouri, has spent the last two days, a week, really, trying desperately to get some clout by yeah. first screaming about the WNBA. It's clout chasing. It's really all there is. Um, and and now he's moved on to the NBA. And the best part about it is, is like, wait a second, and you're gonna you're gonna snitch, you're gonna like tag Clay Travis on this, really? You want you need to adapt from Clay Travis to get his seal of approval. I mean, if you're going to suck up to a, to to a, an idiot sports personality, why don't you do it to Dave Portnoy? At least he's got an audience. Shots fired. That's my take on that. Yeah, I, and like it's so shameless and stupid. I, I but I love I love boys for telling him to fuck off because that's really the only appropriate. Right, because it's just it it's really genuine, is. right? Right, Andrew? It's just like, it, I think a good way of describing it, as Bob said, was clout chasing. Like, 
There was no reason to give him a real response to anything. It's it's clout chasing, but it's also, and I, I sent the tweet out, it is when the bully whines to the teacher that the person he was bullying decided to hit back. Mm. Like, yeah, we're just probably going to have to get a, you know, either a strongly worded email or have to sit on a very strongly worded uh, call. I'm, I'm assuming he is in the bubble already, um, but if not, then he may have to, you know, take a trip to Bristol and put on a video call. <laughs> I don't know if he is in the bubble. I, I, don't, I, I think he's I don't above the think bubble. He, just to clarify, the total number of people who can be in, I, according to sources, there's, I think, like, the number of people who will be in the bubble is will maybe top out at 10 people. Yeah. Total. Because of how yeah. expensive and, it is. And not just that, and there are also, uh, I... Sources have said they're limiting it to one per media company. Mm. So, given what Woj does, I don't know if he needs to be in the hub. I, I feel no. like is is yeah. I feel like he doesn't actually benefit. Like all the, like he doesn't really work via cell phone anyway. I mean, right? But, like his like he doesn't need to do any shoe leather reporting from like Splash Mountain or anything like. That. So. No. Now that image is is in my brain. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate that. Um, but no. Okay, um, wait, wait. I have to tell my favorite Woj story. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I want to hear this. Okay. Okay. So I am covering. I'm writing something. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm covering the 2014 NBA draft in at Barclays, mm. and I'm you know I'm just writing something. <laughs> it's like here's some cool stuff in the NBA draft, and it, and at at one point, uh, one, one of the cool things that happened was a, a very large Euro who is selected in the, in the first round, uh, like, stole some chicken fingers that were, like, sitting on top of the trash. It was really <laughs> hilarious. Oh. Like, dude, like, that guy didn't give me food, man. Like, you, you've been drafted. Don't do that. <laughs> um, they were perfectly good. It's a full box of chicken fingers, untouched, sitting on top of the trash bin. He was just like, yeah, going to give me some food. <laughs> In any case, the was thing, uh, so I'm, it's taking me forever to file this story. So at the end of the night, I'm there, a couple of other reporters are there in the media center, and Woj is there in the corner, head down, earphones on, with his computer laptop open, and all of his devices strewn about him. And, you know, he's he's not... You know, engaging in the random chat as a few of us still there are. He's kind of, he's grinding. And at a certain point, then that general manager, Billy King, pokes his head in the door to see who's in the media room. And he sees Woj. And in this hilarious sing-songy voice, he goes, Hi, Woj! <laughs> and then skedaddles away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's great. <laughs> I don't remember if Woj even he may have like looked up seeing this and then gone back to his his job. I, I'm not sure though because uh, I'm so taken aback by the Billy King voice that I couldn't really process who he was talking to. So that's it's not really a Woj story versus a Billy King story, but that's my my one my one Woj. 
That's fantastic. Um, I'm a fan. That uh, that's awesome. I also do, like I, I listened to Shams on Bill's podcast this week, and he said he wasn't in the bubble yet. So if Shams isn't there, I have my right. doubts that Woj is there. Would be my guess. Yeah, those are two guys that that really, as Rob saying, like, those are two guys that don't need to be because all of their right. sources are just going to tell them anyway. Right. Right. Would y'all go? I mean, if your company paid for you to go. Would y'all go to the bubble? I would. Okay. I I'd have, I'd, 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 I'd be very I'd be a bit skeptical about it, but at the same time, it was yeah okay yeah I'd, I'd do that. Um, I mean I'm single anyway, so it's like humble brag. Screw it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just kind of like eh, okay, like I'm like as much as I love my family, I talk to y'all on Skype and Zoom anyway, so okay. What about you, Bob? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, without a doubt. I mean... You would get some good stuff. I think you guys said, would get some good stuff. I think I think if they sent me, they'd have to realize that I'm not going to talk about basketball at mm. all. But I'm oh, yeah. Gonna, like, it's just going to be me trying to get the Lopez brothers like, to take me along when they sneak out to go on the ride. <laughs> that, that's going to be the entirety of my... Like, I, I would just try to write as much weird shit and talk to these guys about what it's like living from there as possible. Um, right. Cool. It should be fun and cool. And I think would make for some good blog. So um, I would go but, to the other one. I would go to the, the, the who's going to crown the shittiest shit team. Um, the group of eight. Um, I would go to that bubble. Mm-hmm. That would be fun where I'm just yeah. like, are y'all really actually happy to be here? Like, what are you celebrating? Do you want a trophy? How does this work? Why are you guys bad? Like, I'm more <laughs> fascinated in bad teams than I am in good teams. Good teams are boring. Lakers are boring. See, that, yeah, I've, I've covered enough bad teams in my career that like I want to see somebody play for something on the line. Um, mm. So as yeah. much as I'd love to go to the um, what was us uh, bubble in Chicago, no, let me go to Orlando. Let me chill in the players' lounge literally for eight hours straight and just shoot the shit. you can chill with it. Like, like chilling is genuinely, I think it's frowned upon. At least it's right. according I've seen. Like, that's the thing. I mean, there's, uh, there's just, like, that would be the only reason to say no is because I don't know how much, there's just not a lot of, and understandably so, there's not a lot of room for up close and personal interact, interactions with players even though you are all living in this weird semi-enclosed summer camp so you know yes if it were a question of hanging out in the video game room for eight hours a day that i would definitely do but i don't know if that's on the table Hmm. yeah um yeah that that would that would be an issue so the knicks we talked about the nets a bunch last week (laughs) the knicks are being the knicks and um i have some thoughts i i think it's kind of weird that Tom Thibodeau just formally interviewed um, for the next job when he's been like rumored as the front runner for, and they've interviewed like everybody, even like the Pelicans video guy recently, but they finally did the Thibodeau interview. Um, Woodson got an interview today. I oh, I like, love Woodson. it. At least it's big, man. Let's run it back. Mike Woodson, the only Knicks coach with a winning record since. I think he's the only Knicks coach with a winning record <laughs> ever. <laughs> Wait, what was D'Antoni's? 
I guess it would have been losing for, I guess. It was, no, because he had those two, like, 30-win seasons. Yeah, and true. then he got, and then, you know, the next year they barely were above 500, and then he got fired for midseason. So, you know, he has a losing record. Um, no one in the 2000s does. Riley has a winning record, and Gundy does. But since Riley and Van Gundy, he's the most recent, is the most recent Knicks coach with a winning record. Interesting. So, Jason Kidd. I don't, I the, don't want Mike Winston. I mean, would you honestly though, if you had to tell me it was between Woodson, Tibbs, and Jason Kidd, I would lean Woodson. Uh, I would lean Woodson. Uh, uh, <laughs> they're all horrible choices. I don't know. I mean, Bob, l- listen to the sound. Here's the, the thing sound about the Knicks fan just coming out in just uh, brutal force, Andrew. Wait, Bob, you're a Knicks fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, I used to be a Browns fan, but I totally feel like I I understand, but I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not even serious. I mean, I am very much a casual Knicks fan. Don't do this. Bob's a liar. Of, he is absolutely not my days. Of, yeah. My days of getting very mad about the Knicks football. I'm too old for this. This shit, man. I really am. It's like if they're good again, <laughs> I'll watch. And if they're bad, I'll pay attention because why not? But because it's a thing I like to watch on TV. But I really, I, I do not have the emotional bandwidth to get actually mad about what the Knicks do. Now, granted, those are some terrible choices. And, and I think, look, uh, I honestly, I would pick this if you if, if you if I had to pick between those three guys because Wilson, despite the fact that we succeeded. Never was actually seen to understand why it was that the team he coached did well. It was always a surprise to him. Not just the easiest big joke, but, you know, he, and, and he keeps lying about his own history or misrepresenting, let's say. I don't want to get into the hot water with, with the goatee, but he keeps misstating his own history. Like he was interviewed the other day and they were asking him about, you know, playing Mellow with four for all of us who would like to relive some circuit 2013-14 argument. And he was like, well, you know, we did it, but it was only because uh, Amari was, you know, out. But when we had Amari that year, we won 54 games. You know, when they played together, they were successful. And I was like, no, that's not what happened. Amari was out. Or you never started them together that year. You started them together at the end of the following year. And whether it's he can't remember what year that happened or is saying something false in order to defend playing the Mongo lineup with, you know, Mongo front court with three largest salaries together in the front court, I don't care. If he said, like, look, we had some things that worked, we had some things that didn't, I'm I'm a better coach now. I would say, okay, fine. But the fact that he can't actually either own up to or describe his own coaching record, that makes me very nervous. And also, we've done Mike Woodson. I don't want to see that again. I want to, I want to watch something different on TV, and that's it. That's my answer. Andrew, what do you think? So, I am... I, I, I take joy... I'm trying to put the words correctly. I take <laughs> joy in Nick's misery. Okay. Um, sure. So, going to get fine. mysteriously disconnected again from this call. No, no, I think that's a good answer. Well, okay, no, here's, here's, here's my thing about the Knicks. They are the American sports tire fire. Like, 
no matter what's going on, you can look at the entire sports landscape and you just see this tire fire like from The Simpsons just chilling at MSG. And you're like, okay, well, the Knicks are normal. Um, yeah, so whether it's Tibbs, whether it is Jason Kidd, whether it is Mike Woodson, hell, get Willis Reed back. He coached the Knicks. Why not? Uh, is Willis the Reed fact- alive? I believe so. Willis Reed is alive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had to think about that for a second. I was like, are we sure that Willis Reed is alive? Okay, cool. Real talk, I had to check before I sent that tweet okay. this morning. Um, so I, I kind of felt good about it. Uh, felt good off the bat, kids. Um, so the fact that they the Knicks hired World Wide West as a either consultant or in a management position, this is my tinfoil theory, my conspiracy theory. Oh, John Calipari, John Calipari is going to be oh. head coach of the Knicks by summer 2021. Because okay, what else? What else can he do at Kentucky? Mm-hmm. He's he, he's already brought them a national champion. You Multiple. know that, yeah. Uh, so I mean, why not? Like you you, you can't tell me that no you know, no you, his, you don't. I, I'm not no. saying that I want it to happen, but the it's the freaking Knicks. Mm. Is Larry, 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 Larry let's say it this way John Calipari's skill set is not attuned to success at the professional level is attuned to success at the de facto professional level that's, that's, let's leave it at that how about that well I also think um, when you listen uh, I read the Rick Pitino book um, I forgot what it was, it's called now, and <laughs> Why he didn't did you write do it. That? It's great. Rick Pitino is like a fascinating, fascinating villain. Like well, he is. It took fifteen seconds to read. It's um, I would highly recommend it. I forgot who wrote it. It, it was not a biography. Like he didn't write it himself. So it was, was very. It, was it, what's his name? John. Uh... Mm. Oh, I'm to look it up, and I, it can't be one of those Rick Pitino. Oh, John Feinstein. Yeah, was it Feinstein? Oh, uh, he's good. Let, let it sounds about right because it would be college basketball. Feinstein loves writing about some college basketball. Let me look. Uh, is it is it called what's it? No, Rick Pitino's. Let me see. I'm, oh, Pitino's here it is. Still, it's, it's Michael Sokolov. Michael Sokolov. Um, it's the last yeah, temptation of Rick Pitino. Yeah, that one. Okay, so that's a story about Rick Pitino. That's not a book by Rick. No, that's what I'm saying. It was not by Rick Pitino. I would not read something by Rick Pitino, but it's about Rick Pitino. Yeah, because Rick Pitino has a whole series of like success-based books called. Well, if you read that book, that's not surprising at all. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that uh, makes sense. But like, the reason I brought up Pitino is that. Or wait, here's 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 another title. I would have to tell you. Okay. Here's another title of a Rick Pitino book from seven years ago, mind you. Um. The One Day Contract, How to Add Value to Every Minute of Your Life. <laughs> Wait, this brings me to another question. Do y'all judge people when they say that they like read books where you have a conversation with somebody and they're like, yeah, I love to read. And then they list their three favorites are all like self-help books. Is there some judgment on your end? Or are you like, oh, yeah. at least they're reading? Mm-hmm. 
Not really. Um, I, like I'm, if, if if you got to do whatever you have to do to, uh, you know, to better yourself and it makes you feel better, fine. Um, okay. I, I I do think that you know, like the typical like if you're reading those atypical books and you're not reading anything else, then I'll judge you. Um, but if you're, if you, if you sprinkle some self-help, uh, in right. there as well, that's fine. But if you're Sprinkling. just swearing by self-help books, no, I, if, your first book, if the first book you tell me that you love to read is the subtle art of not giving a fuck, I'm immediately out on you as a, as a person. <laughs> I'm out. There, I can't do it. Look, there are some, there are some perfectly cromulent self-help books. I'm not going to judge anyone who's trying to better themselves yeah. as they go about it in a way that I personally might think is silly. So my answer is no. Okay. Some of them are terribly exploited, but there are a lot of books. <laughs> exactly. Um, at least so, they're, yeah, that's fair. Maybe I'm too judgmental. It's, 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 not, yeah. it's not, they're not reading like of the Saints or anything like that. So honestly, I think it's fine. Okay. Um, which brings it back to Rick Patino and John Calabari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of self-help. Speaking of self-help. There's really nothing, nothing like contemporary fiction about fascism and downshifting to Rick between us. So let's do that. Exactly. Um, I just think Calipari, when you think about him taking another job where the way Rick Pitino talked about being the superstar at Louisville and building his own empire and being seen, like, he would have these dinners where he'd just walk in and he'd have his own section and he was like the king of the small town is very just enticing for personalities like Patino and Calipari. Like, Calipari has it made. Like, Saban in Tuscaloosa is in the perfect situation. Like, he is the big fish in a little pond, and I think those guys are wired that way, where it's like, I don't think they'd want to be the small fish in a big pond anymore. Like, I think they love the ego that comes with building this powerhouse in the middle of nowhere and just being the king of that powerhouse. That... I just I would be surprised if Calipari ever gave that up. Yeah, well, Saban's kind of in that mode where it's like, oh, I tried the pro level, and the <laughs> one time that the one time that I don't get control over a roster move, it drives me back to Alabama and or drives me to Alabama and probably changes the last twenty or it's going to change the next twenty five years of professional and college sports yeah I'd, I'd say that that man loves him a little bit of roster control all right well let's get some predictions on the next job bob right. as a Knicks fan you go first who do they hire who do you think who's your gut oh, they're gonna hire tips. okay oh, it's gonna be tips. Yeah. i want it to be like something weird i want it to be like fucking kenny atkinson or becky hammond or in the utopia but it's i don't need that for becky I don't need that for Becky. She 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 does, she deserves so much better. Yeah, I think she knows she can get a better job. So she'll be mm. fine. I don't and think she's she's gonna take it She might be the one who Pop passes the keys over to. Like people, I think yeah. assume Duncan, but I don't think it's going to be Duncan. Um, I would assume Becky would probably get the job. I think I think Tim just likes sitting on the sideline in a pair of comfortable flat jackets. <laughs> I don't know. If <laughs> Andrew, who do you think they hire? Uh, oh God, um, I'm going Tibbs. But if Jason Kidd isn't the coach of the Lakers by next uh, by 2022, then he'll have the next job. I think they're going to go Kidd. I think it's it going to be, be Kidd. So, look, it's, not that they brought on the 
the fact that World Wide West is actually having an official title now, I don't think you're going to find anyone who is not from that CAA-specific circle getting this job, mm-hmm. which, if I recall, isn't Kid. So Is Kid Clutch? Mm-hmm. I think he is. Yeah. Hold on. Let me look on the internet. I think he is. Yeah, I feel like I heard that. I feel like it's it's uh uh it's it's Jeff Schwartz according to the internet. Interesting. Yeah. Also, all these co- all these former agents in the front office now, like it's hard to know who's like not been hired like out of the agency <laughs> pool. I was thinking about that the other day, where I'm like. Is it just Rich Paul now? Like, who's left? I don't know of any other agents that are just, like, not joining either CAA or Clutch. And, like, the Pistons have some people in their front office. The Knicks just pulled in their guys. Like, there are a lot of NBA teams that are that now have just former big-time agents that are now in the... I think Arn Tellum is in Detroit. Now you have Leon Rose. And yeah, yeah, it's just amazing that they've all been plucked and that Bob Myers incited this, like... Hey, what if we just got agents in our front office? Like it, it's wild. I don't know. Wild, well, like, yeah. let's move on. <laughs> I, I'm gonna guess Kit. That's my final guess. Um, college football. It's going to happen. I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm. Everything's changing day by day. Um, my feelings on college sports versus pro sports in the age of COVID is very different. Um, so I have a very dissimilar takes on the team, but college, the amount of money, the revenue, like Ivy league, obviously already canceled their fall sports, but their endowment and everything else is just different. Like Ivy league is just a different situation entirely than the university of Tennessee, or Georgia, and how much money they bring in for the rest of their sports and the university and all that kind of stuff. But like, I, I wonder what's like, if this is a temporary thing before they just finally say, screw it, we can't do it because Ohio State halted stuff. North Carolina halted stuff. Like, we don't... At the very best case scenarios, they're only doing conference-only games is what it looks like. Um, But it's only going to take one. It's going to take the Pac-12 just being like, yeah, we came and do that and canceling it, and then you're going to see the... It tumble, I guess. But, um, Andrew, what do you think? You're more of a college guy. So what are you... What are your best guess? So... I I I said this in April, uh, and and actually posted a story um, or reposted a story that I did in June, basically saying, uh, "Guys, I don't think we're gonna have non-con games this year." And as soon as I considered pulling the trigger on posting a Pac-12 specific story, literally the ACC decided or the Big Ten decided, "Yeah, we're just going to." Uh, all conference games. Um, this is merely the next step in canceling a season altogether. Uh, it needed to happen. And I understand the financial ramifications of this because you've got revenue, you've got TV rights, you've got all of these things that help make the machine move that you're basically going to have to just leave alone for an entire year, possibly. Um, and, you know, maybe we get spring football. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is a difficult move that needs to happen. And if we don't – and, yeah, as you said, like, it's, it's going to take a conference or 
it's going to take somebody like a Notre Dame to sit there and go, you know what? As much as we want to play, we just have to we have to fold this year because one empty empty stadium games aren't going to bring in revenue. Like there's no revenue coming in aside from TV, and even then, that doesn't help move the needle enough because you know you're going to have so many guys. You know, like I said, with Ohio State, North Carolina. Players are going to be out two weeks. Yeah. I don't know if schools want to operate in a mode where, you know, you're having to fluctuate rosters, you know, every two weeks. So coaches are college coaches are control freaks. They they're out of control in this one. They are they're controlling this one. So yeah, there's there's not going to be a season. Mm. Bob, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm going to back. I'm going to back Andrew on this. I think I think there's going to be a domino effect. One team and then another and then an entire conference is going to pull out. I, I think everyone would be so hard. I mean, granted, the economics of, of, of what will happen to, like, take a non-Power 5 school and what it will cost that institution losing a year of football. Um there may be a. I think everyone should just pack it up, hope things are better by the fall of 2021, and just cut losses now before a single lawsuit screws that university. Or mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think the waiver um, stuff's going to hold up in court. Like Ohio State sent out that. There's no way something like that would hold up. If no, yeah, no, I don't think it's possible. I think there's, there's, I think. Granted, I am not running the university. It won't be anytime soon. But the risk of me being so massive. I mean, there is. I think I forget who put it this way on the internet, but someone said it's like people are trying to live in a house that we failed to put out the burning fire in the house, and now everyone's trying to just live in that house while the fire continues to burn. Right. Um. So. Look, I, I said this in a, in a column I wrote a week and a half ago for the Daily Beast. Like, I would love to be like gearing up, like doing my work now and knowing that there's a dumb like Rockies Cubs game on later tonight that I could veg out in front of. But it's like I don't look. You know, we talked about the NBA bubble. There are so many ways that could go wrong too. And it's, it's going to take quite one. Bad. Yeah, like everyone's yeah. playing with house money at the moment. Um, I, I have my doubts. I'm concerned, but it's just different with college. Like it's just different. Those kids, like the optics of USC playing football, even if it's Pac-12 only, when they've moved all of their classes online for the school year, so no one's on campus except for these football players. Like. There's no distinct like the optics would be so bad of just sending these kids in by themselves and the universities I think could spin it where they're like, well, it's actually safer because there's less contact, we can control it more. It's only going to be the team on campus, but it's like no, then there there's no mistaking. They're not uh, student athletes. The student part is 
just the the cat's out of the bag at that point. So I don't you know become, how USC you, sells you it. You officially become employees. Yes. Like, how do you do that? I don't know how USC can play football with everything online this fall. I don't know. So how do you know what's well, and you know what's crazy about that. If I'm if I'm correct, and one of you guys, please check me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that the state of California has not. Uh, has it still has a cancellation of concerts and sporting events with more than 50 people in attendance. So, yeah, there's no way that Cal, Stanford, USC, like once they put that in place, I want to say either it was like late April or early May. That, that was the first indication to me, yeah, we aren't getting college football this year. And one final thought, because I think that people either listening to this or, you know, you're on Twitter or whatever, or just having conversations with your friends. When you hear and see people say sports writers are rooting for the virus, that's the thing that has pissed me off so much because it's like, we aren't rooting for a virus. We aren't rooting. And they say, Oh, you guys hate sports. No, we're just speaking an honest truth. Right. And I think that's something that a lot of people, you know, especially sports fans, like they don't want the blunt reality of, yeah, you may not see sports till spring of 2021. And that's just being optimistic. Um, So, yes, we completely understand that it would suck. But would you rather see us? you know, proceed with sports and then there's, we don't even know the long-term effects of COVID. You know, I was seeing something a few days ago, Von Miller is still saying he's having breathing issues. There there are many studies now there, like a family member of mine is in a truly, truly upsetting slack with uh, a group of like, it's got at least a thousand people in it, all of whom are still dealing with all kinds of varying symptoms three to four months after the fact. It affects the brain. It affects it affects cognitive functioning. It doesn't just affect the lungs. There's like blood clotting. There's increased risk. Who knows what the increased risk of heart disease is moving forward. You know, it's there are so many effects of this beyond the number of people who die. And yeah, like, of course we will. Like, of course people who write about sports want sports back. Our job depends on this. Yeah, right. It's very hard to find a sports writer who, now that they're writing about, you know, increased hospitalizations, is like, no, that's the data I would much prefer to be crunching rather than, you know, fucking Nolan Arenando's like, whip right now. Or on base, like, or, you know, slash line. Sorry, he doesn't pitch. That was bad. I did a bad It's all good. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Like, of course, I'm like, of course, no one who's, you know, all the reporters who had to downshift to other subjects, they're all pissed off about that. But, like, Jesus Christ, all they're doing is, is all, all of us are doing or who are saying, I don't think this is going to happen, is looking at the publicly available information in as clear-eyed a way possible and saying what we think. And we don't want people to be harmed. Even if it costs us our job, yeah, that's the whole thing. It is, yeah. um, and rich. 
Yeah, I that is, <laughs> Andrew's right though. Like it's one of the dumbest things that I've had friends and family talk about this and they're just like we need some positivity it's like that's great but like you can't just like subtract the facts to just like do the clear eyed can't lose stuff where it's just i'm not going to be dishonest <laughs> like nobody if you really believe there is a sports writer out there that is rooting for sports to not come back or the bubble to fail or anything like no it's not that it's just looking at it objectively and just being like i i don't think this is a, like I want sports to be back. I want to watch the Rockies versus the Diamondbacks. It's disgusting <laughs> how much I want to watch that. But do so I actually want... It is like, disgusting. I'm, I'm quite <laughs> disgusted right now. So, so Chase, you made a good point. You made a funny point. Because I was thinking last night, I was scanning the TV. There was nothing on. And I ended up watching uh, the producers uh, on on demand. And I'm just sitting there like, I should be watching the eighth inning of a throwaway you know, Mariners-Angels game. And I'm like, oh, I'm not invested in this. But yeah, it's it's sports, so I'll watch it. But yeah, no, I, I, love, the fa- I love the fact that people think that we're rooting for it. And to me, the bubble for both NHL and NBA is just us pressing. It's like, you know, like cutting the blue wire or cutting the red wire, you know, when you're trying to disarm a bomb. Mm. Like, we're sitting there. I have a lot our, of in that area. Yeah, so I know yeah, exactly what you're talking but, about. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but can it's I, like... Can I offer some quick breaking news? Just to, oh, Because sure. clearly, clearly people at this podcast are, are coming to this podcast for their breaking sports news. Absolutely. Woj just apologized. Oh! Oh! Woj! From Woj in... In a, in a truly hilarious font post-it note attached to a tweet, right? I was disrespectful and made a regrettable mistake. I'm sorry for the way I handled myself, and I'm reaching out immediately to Senator Hawley to apologize directly. I also need to apologize to my ESPN colleagues because I know my actions were unacceptable and should not reflect on any of them. Mm-hmm. The end. Cock! <laughs> my answer oh god oh uh, you freaking oh there's no chance Whoa. he wrote that by Ooh, the way this man there's that no was, chance that was that. yes that that was that was mickey mouse basically saying yeah you better apologize dude um oh. yeah please apologize oh. uh say what you will about jamil hill she never like she took it she's not she, she, like, stood by her convictions, man. Right. She didn't bow to this. Oh, my God. I need to apologize. And it's like, okay, so it's not even noon here. It's not even noon here, and he already apologized. I'm like, dude, at least go into the afternoon with the momentum. Yeah, I'm a late Friday news dump, man. Come on. <laughs> you know what needs uh, to happen now? We need Shams to counterattack. We need Shams to quote yeah, tweet yeah, yeah, and be yeah. like, and just disrespectful. Or I'm a, I'm I'm ashamed, a fallen foe, a fallen rival. We need some. We need to. We need to boo this, this man. Yeah, boo this man. Boo him. He must have gotten some real heat for that. Like for he it, got it, it, it must have been nuclear. He clearly got some heat. God damn it, man! I like. For like five minutes now, it's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> it's just personally insulting. It's just breaking your heart, man. I guess that's what you do. When a 
freaking concern trolling like backbench dweeb starts screaming at you, you tell him to shut the fuck up. Uh, but we should have expected that. We should have expected that was going to happen. No, I expected it. Yeah. I'm just disappointed. I'm, I'm not, not mad. mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I'm just You're very disappointed in his large adult son, Adrian Wojnarowski. I am, I am going to refinish, re-stand down, and then re-lacquer the butcher block on my countertop. The only way I'm going to be able to work off this rage. Mm. God damn it. Well, <laughs> you're going to love our last story that we're going to talk about. Um, All right. Kelly Loeffler. Break it down. From my, from my <laughs> sake. <laughs> um, bold strategy, Cotton. What she's doing here. Um, the conspiracy theory that I... This is like... It's one of those dumb things with Trump where it's like people think he's a lot more Machiavellian and like mischievous and cerebral than he actually is like the people who really believe that there's like this long-term game plan and the way he tweets and like games the media and all this stuff like there's just this like super uh just i i don't know like he's just amazing at this thing and it's like no that's the farthest thing from reality yeah but he's playing 4d chess no yes. it's an old man getting angry at the TV. right Go on. there's no 4d chess <laughs> kelly loffler just go like being an nba owner WNBA owner excuse me and just going full anti Black Lives Matter. I just I don't know what her end game is here. Um, she, I, I do. Here's the deal: like Walker is actually getting is not getting a lot of support from like the MAGA crowd. Yeah, the MAGA crowd is not really like her. They were whether you want to call it performative or not. They actually were not cool with her dumping stock right before the pandemic. I'm sorry. Her blind trust mm. choosing to independently right before the pandemic hit and while she was being briefed, decided to sell off a great many of her assets and parts. In any case, the market is that. not actually... They, they got a little pissed at that. They all got pissed at your purpose. Um, in any case, uh, this is her attempt to try to win those people back because they think they'll be on her side in this incredibly stupid function. So that's, that's the move here. Um, and if it means, you know, shitting on women and people of color, open. Um, that's, that's all this. That's what Andrew, what do you think? Because uh, let me read the quote from her that she posted. She said, the truth is we need less, not more politics in sports. In a time when polarizing politics is as divisive as ever, sports has the power to be a unifying antidote. <laughs> I adamantly, not even just oppose, I adamantly oppose the Black Lives Matter political movement, which has advocated for the defunding of police, called for the removal of Jesus from churches and the disruption of the nuclear family structure harbored anti-Semitic views and promoted violence and destruction across the country. Um, she called, instead of what the WNBA is planning for their jerseys, to place the American flag on every jersey. Oh, good God. I, I just, I think it's more of the performative stuff where I think it's all bullshit. I think she is trying to piss people off, and I think she wants to... I, like. 
my heart of hearts, I think she wants to get bought out. And I think she wants to see how much she can get from her getting bought out and getting forced out. She wants to go full Sterling, I think. Uh, yeah, well, okay, so a few things. Um, so the Minnesota Lynx in 2014 had uh, – they initially started the I Can't Breathe and, and all of that. They, they initially started that. Kelly Loeffler – and I had to look this up just now. Kelly Loeffler – took over and joined the ownership group in 2011. So, uh, uh, let me see. Uh, no, she took over, uh, shoot. Um, man, I don't know. It was, I don't know when she took over. Never mind. Um, sorry, I was reading the wrong information. My bad. I'm still pissed about it. Uh, but, she knew she had to have known, okay, my players want to make political statements, all of that. Like this is all performative art. Um, this is, as you guys were saying, like, you know, she's still got the whole, you know, selling off assets and all of that. So there's some of that to get those people back on her side, but this is all a performative act to where, if she comes out of this ownership and she's either forced to sell or she sells it on her own, she's going to make herself a martyr and say, well, oh, well, I tried, but, you know, the players just uh, the players are just too much for me. And she's going to say that the, you know, the that the league is, you know, the, the players are ruining the league like. That's just a tax shelter for her. Uh, she doesn't care about the players. Uh, so I, I do find it fascinating that she's taking this stance and wants to uh, go down like this. But it doesn't shock me because I guarantee you there are owners in all of these professional sports who are starting to make statements that either aren't comfortable with it or are completely opposed to it. But they know that the backlash isn't good, but she's just kind of like, I don't care. And it's kind of like in Hall in Josh Hawley's uh, sense is I want those people. It's like, you know, that like when a little kid goes, Oh, look at me, watch me twirl or whatever. And it's like, you're doing, you're performing for the president. You're performing for that base. And so this is just all an act. And if she sells the team, she can sit there and spin it going, oh, well, the players are out of control. But if she doesn't sell and the players basically just say, hey, screw you, then, you know, she, she she's going to spin this however she wants. But we aren't stupid. She's a complete idiot. It's just a you, it, you can't win these kind of you, you shouldn't engage. That's the thing is like engaging in this kind of bullshit doesn't serve anybody uh, well, because it's all they don't actually want a conversation she's not actually she doesn't actually believe what she says it's all bad faith arguments and i i would just be like nope goodbye i i just i don't want to do it because like the it's inherently political your stance and also making black lives matter a political stance instead of a civil rights thing is a conversation for another day but that's just what she's doing is intentionally bad faith arguments that should not be um 
debated. I really don't. Just don't go down this rabbit hole. Like people still fall on the Trump stuff all the time and the conversations with those people. And it's just like, no, you're not going to win this. Like this is all performative. The idea that they don't want politics and sports is not true. They just want their own version of politics and sports. Like if it agrees with them, they're fine with it. Like it's so there's so many layers to this that it just is extremely frustrating. But um, yeah, no, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, Kelly Loeffler actually sucks. Yeah, well, and and the thing that, you know, when I heard the comparison to Donald Sterling, absolutely, but where Donald Sterling got caught up was somebody got him on tape. Uh, and, and and there was a there was a smoking gun that got that basically forced the NBA to be like, eh, okay, you know, we've looked the other way for so long. But now we actually have to do something about it. Uh, I don't think Kelly Loeffler is going to have a smoking gun necessarily. I mean, frankly, I'd be all for it so we can actually just, you know, get her out of the league. But, yeah, she's going to put up this stance. And now the the players aren't going to go for it. And I hope that the Atlanta Dream has, has a successful season. And they do not give Kelly any credit for it at all. Bob, I don't think they will. No, that's good. (laughs) Andrew covered what I wanted to say. (laughs) My bad, Bob. No, all good, man. I, um, yeah, it's just all bad. And I just, I'm concerned that she's going to be on, like, the governor ticket in a couple of years. Like, that's what this is. Oh, she absolutely is, dude. Yeah, like, she she absolutely is. Get ready for it. Great. Good stuff. <laughs> Love politics. Um, All right, guys. So is there uh, anything we should check out from you this week as we wrap up? Andrew, anything in the Tacoma News Tribune that you would like to share? And Bob, anything in the Daily Beast? I know we talked last week that you guys were working on a couple different things. But uh, what should we check out from uh, you guys? We're in a couple of things. Oh, I wrote something uh, briefly. I contributed to a story this week uh, about uh, Sports Illustrated, our beloved uh, magazine, being possibly possibly being taken back from the Maven by the wonderfully named Authentic Brands Group at some point in the next up. Wait, what's going on? Authentic Brands Group, the people who bought Sports Illustrated from Meredith, yeah, and then sold controlling internship to this clickbait mill called the Maven. Yeah, they are in the process of taking control of Sports Illustrated back from the Maven. Maybe um, it's not. It's not clear. There's going to be some kind of allegation, at least, that uh, the Maven has filled up, failed to live up to its. Uh, contractually agreed upon duties in some unclear way, but you can read that daily piece. Right? We'll do. Communicate something's going to happen soon. Okay, uh, because point. gotcha. Because two things: um, bring Grant Wall back for for soccer, and two, um, can can whoever takes over Sports Illustrated, like the Vault, don't make it such an ad filled place like it's completely unreadable now but that's another thing for another day but in tacoma uh yeah sounders uh start the they they play their second game of 2020 tonight so i'll be doing some aftermath work on that and yeah that's about it Uh, it's a pretty chill weekend out here in the pacific northwest 
There you go. Um, some final parting thoughts. As we all know, we can all agree as the America's favorite sports writer podcast team. Um, Jason Whitlock is officially the most interesting and most fearless journalist in America. We can. I'm gonna vomit. <laughs> what a tweet! Always log on, folks. It's it's great stuff. It uh, it's it's great stuff. Twitter.com, a great website that everybody should frequent all the time. Bob, Andrew, thank you as always for the time, and uh, we will be back with another episode very soon. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.